This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Casting Lots. We will not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the revolution. Televised government been telling lies. If you're not with us, you better step aside. Witnessing the genocide, everything is centralized. The food that we consume and they spraying it all with pesticides. Easily identify the sheep and the snake, the real and the fake. Giving us a reason to pray. I'ma make my own choices. A voice for the voices. They trying to destroy us, avoiding the poison. It's all pointless if you don't have a purpose. If you read the verses, you'll know who we versing. Government can tell you what your worth is. Look deeper than the surface. They don't even want you researching or asking questions. We all being tested. Shh. Shut your mouth and comply, that's the message Want you to rest on prescriptions that mess with your head Got you stressing, suppressing expression We will not comply With the institution's sick illusion No, it won't be televised Welcome to the revolution Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining the Casting Lots podcast. Uh, this is Casting Lots episode 12 and today is Saturday April 1st 2023 and tonight we've got a really good show. We're going to be talking about um, the Tartarians. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this before um, but I bought a book on this a while back and um, Matt and I we were talking about this earlier today just about history and the way that things have always been rewritten and so um, we kind of did a deep dive into this, and there's just so much packed into this. So I'm so excited to kind of share some of the things that we um, found today. Matt, are you excited? Um. <laughs> We're still not feeling great. He's, you know, like a big baby when he's sick. You know, oh, no, I'm going to die. Plan my funeral. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's how he's been for the past week. So, um Hopefully, you know, we start feeling, I'm feeling better. I just still have this cough, so I don't know what's going on. But anyways, before we get started, I'm just going to go ahead and open us in a quick word of prayer. So if you would, please just bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight to thank you um, once again for allowing us to just have this show, this podcast, where we can share information with others, Lord. Um, as usual, I pray that whoever's meant to hear this message, that they, they hear this message and maybe learn a thing or two from uh, what Matt and I have learned, Lord. Um, and for those that are sick, like Matt and myself, Lord, we ask that you just um, <clears throat> heal us from whatever sickness this is that we have, Lord, and, and those who are hurting or who um, are just struggling right now, Lord. I know there's so many people struggling. I just ask that you wrap your, your loving arms around them and be with them. And Lord, just put on our hearts tonight um, that we share your message, Lord, um, that we can help educate um, and, and just guide us and, and be with us. And in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, um, 
Yesterday, I took the kids to go see that movie. Um, His Only Son is a story about Abraham, and it was such a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, um, I suggest you go see it. I didn't, we didn't bring Matt because he had to work, but um, it was a really good movie. The little one, Sophia, she's four. Uh, it's like a, like a live action movie. It's not a cartoon. So she wasn't really all that interested in it. And I just kind of held her most of the time. She ate her popcorn and, and all that, but um, definitely go check that out. If you, if it's in theaters near you, I know it's not in every theater, but um, it's definitely worth a watch. Matt, what are you doing? Looking at WrestleMania. Yeah. He always finds things to eat and look at. <laughs> like, right as the show's getting ready to start, I'm like, are you here with me tonight? What are you um, doing? What does it happen this week? Or last week? Donald Trump. Oh, gosh. The big one. Trump. The Don. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I think we've all kind of been waiting for this. We knew this was going to happen. Whether he's arrested or not, like, honestly, I can care less at this point. You know, I, um... It's just like, I'm just ready for whatever's going to happen to happen. I'm just tired of the waiting. I'm tired of, okay, is today going to be the day? You know, it's just like, come on, let's get on with this. And you keep hearing all these things in the news about, you know, the American dollar crashing, which I'm all for it at this point. It's like Babylon needs to fall, you know, and that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, But I don't know. What do you think? You know, you're kind of like still not really believing that anything's going to happen. I think I don't believe anything's going to happen, but subsequently, you know, it's the shunning of the dollar. I should, that should be the most concerning. Well, yeah, because it's going to change. Like, well, it changes a lot of things. It's like you, here's an American hold value whenever you leave, you know, the United States. You travel abroad. Um, people, whenever they, you know, certain characteristics they associate you with, you know, rich and stuff like that. Maybe not somewhere like, you know, going to something that's equate, uh, equatable to like France or, or somewhere along those lines. But yeah, look at the way them. you place a value on a place like France as opposed to, like, say, Jamaica. Or... But, like, but like the, I don't know, the, the social discourse that they have there is, is, is different. What, like, in France? Or... Yeah, I guess they're more... Yeah, as far as like a dollar, a dollar, like a value of a life is, is equating that, of, you know, somebody from France is a, is a value. I'm not saying people from, from Jamaica are not worth value and stuff like that, but. But who puts that value there, though? That's what I'm saying. It's just like a, a, a gathering, you know, in, in certain aspects whenever you go to, you know, go abroad in Africa or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. People know if you're American, uh, granted, you go, you could go deep enough. <laughs> Other than Africa, nobody knows that you're some white guy. They don't, they don't know. Well, I remember that. when I was in um, was in middle school, I had a friend, her name was Danielle, and she went to Jamaica. And I was like, oh, you know, that's so cool. You got to go to a different country. And she said that people in Jamaica were offering to pay her money to buy the jeans that she had on her body, like that she was wearing. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a fashion. I mean, like, so that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, like you can go to Mexico and then trade a dollar for you know a x pesos, amount of pesos, right. and, yeah. And it's like it's a lot of money. And when you sit there thinking about like so the the currency, so when people look at our tender, like our value of how much our money is trading into their money, mm-hmm. you know they they hold a, a lot higher value. So you lose that kind of that that status quo, right? Um, when you travel abroad, which I mean it shouldn't be there, but I mean it's an indicative whenever you go anywhere. Um, 
and it's just it's one of those weird things. It's like it, it's envisioning not being at the top of the you know top of the mountain anymore. Um, Is that a bad thing though? It's, not, it's a bad thing. It's just like uh, being in like another country. Like, I guess if like I if I came from another country and I came into the United States, you know that mentality is not engraved in me in that instance. But no. but does it really matter? Like being number one? Like who cares? Like yeah. what does what does that matter? I don't know. I think as long as you've got food and a roof over your head and you know um, you're taken care of, what difference does it make? You know, it's like the game of life. Like, everybody's always fighting to be number one. Why? Like, you know, I, maybe that's like a man thing. Like, because I know when you play video games, it's like you hate losing, you know? Like me, it's like, it's oh, well, I lost. Big like deal. My life drive. goes on. Right. That's what I'm saying. So what difference does it make if we're number one or not? I mean, look oh. at all the things that we do, all the bad things that we do to be number one. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's, that's the terrible thing about it. With, so, with that kind of responsibility, you know, I don't say responsibility, with that kind of uh, uh, that valuation, you know, come uh, definitely a steep cost. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Do we, you know, your morals? Like that's where your morals come into place. Now that we know what our government really does, our eyes are open and we see that we we're the big brother. Like we are, the, you know, the new world order. We're the head of it, right? Yeah. And we're seeing that. And I think, you know, all these other countries, they hated us. And we never really understood what, why. We're helping everybody. No, I don't think we were ever helping. I think we were destroying is what we were doing. I mean, look at you. When you went into somebody else's country and you, you know. Did a thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. We just invade other, these other countries. So maybe it's let somebody else have that burden. Let somebody else take care of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's focus on us. Right? Do something, right? <laughs> if you don't do something, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna be like an ongoing cycle, right? And well, that's just it, and we have to break that cycle. Babylon has to fall. That's that's the whole gist of it. So, well, that's not really big. <clears throat> well, that thing I was telling you, I showed you earlier with the execs, perhaps team. Yeah, what I don't understand that. Can you explain that? All right, so there was the founder, uh, Sergey Bean. Is the co-founder of Google, and there's uh, I think it's uh, Morton Zuckerman, who mm. is a massive. I, if you know anything, like back in the nineties, him and Donald Trump had like a huge fight. Um, yeah, I have uh, no idea who that is. Yeah, he's another billionaire. So they were having like billionaire fighting. So there was a lot of bar tradings. There was a lot of uh, shiesty deals. And what was it about? No, uh, they were just having you know a quarrel, I guess, of just not liking each other. Anyways, uh, that dude, uh, so it's Morton, George, uh, there's a uh, XC, Morgan Chase, and there's another dude that's uh, of importance. Right, there's four of them. And then there's some other, some, some, some other uh, individuals. But pretty much what they're saying is that there is a loan officer uh, who has since left the company since he's been... Uh, of J.P. Morgan. The left J.P. Morgan, who who allowed the financing for all the Epstein stuff, and like they said that you know he was the guy. One guy was saying, well, like if you're a rogue banker, banker, that's fine. He says, but with activity levels, like there's no way that the CEO of the company didn't know. 
what was going on. What was going on. So they just turned a blind eye to it until they, they I think they ended the service in like 2013. But by that time, he, he was already like a convicted sex offender. Like that was already out in the open. Right. And they were still allowing this to go on. So, but uh, I kind of am interested why they, they brought in um, the co-founder of, of uh, Google. And it could be like character responses like where he could have listed them as you know like well what is the lawsuit about well they're saying uh i think it's like 70 or he, he a lot of 70 million dollars so the ci or the c the previous to epstein to epstein yeah and like they're trying to recover money from his pay like when he left i forgot how many millions of dollars he got paid right and what you said something about um Pritzker's brother was involved. Oh in yeah, that was the other dude, the uh, Hyatt, uh, the Hyatt hotels. Oh, all the Hyatts, right? Yeah. So his brother Thomas, I think it's Thomas. Uh, Is that Pritzker? the transvestite? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Easy. I'm sorry, I forgot your pronoun. He, she, she, he, whatever it is. <laughs> don't sue me. The man <laughs> pretending to be a woman. That's all I can see now. Is that little GameSpot video that was back out in the day? It was like, it's Bam. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, that lady, man, whatever. All, all I can think about is uh, what's the crocodile Dundee? He's going, it's a Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, all of that, they're all involved in it. And that's why they just keep covering up for one another. And that's why I said I think Babylon has to fall because they're all going to come tumbling down with it. You know, I mean, really, that's, it needs to happen. It just, it needs to be done. And, you know, it's just kind of like Exodus and they talk about in the Bible. You know, it's like they wanted to escape slavery. So, Moses comes and helps them. We were having that conversation earlier. Like, and and then, you know, they complained because all they had was manna to eat. And it's like, but you're free now. Yeah, you know, this is what you prayed for. And, and I think that's kind of where we're going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are uncomfortable. Um, you know, we might have to go back to prehistoric ways for a while, but. United States is fucked. <laughs> really? <laughs> they are. Yeah, a lot of these kids are going to be in a lot of trouble because they don't know how to do things for themselves. That's why, you know, teaching our children how to do things for themselves outside and plant, and that's why it's going to be so important, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't know when this is going to happen, but, you know, it's like I think we're feeling it. But, all right, so let's get into this because this has just been something that, like, the past couple of years i kind of been like doing a little reading, a little researching, and then it's like I kind of stop, and then I get back into it. So <clears throat> it says, why is the Tartarian Empire hidden from history teachings? So this is just a little excerpt that I found um, somebody had wrote, and I also have this book. It's called The One World Tartarians, The Greatest Civilization Ever to Be Erased from History by James W. Levy, um, and we'll kind of get into that book too. But So this uh, this is something I found online. By Lord Draco Draco. And it says, the world has been reset several times, most recently in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. The First World War is the event in which the Tartar civilization collapsed. Especially in the early 1900s, traces of reset are very common, even in the history we are told. The Russian Tsarism collapsed in 1917, and it was the Jewish Lenin and his team that destroyed it. The Jews and their supporters established the New World Order. Again, very recently, the Ottoman Empire collapsed. During the First World War, many buildings were destroyed and mysteriously burned down in the Ottoman Empire. Of course, with many valuable works such as libraries in them. Imagine that, erasing history, right? 
um, on the same dates, the Spanish flu, the destructions in the cities of San Francisco and Chicago and the USA as fires and earthquakes. How many earthquakes could destroy the buildings we see in the picture? There are video footage taken after the demolitions in these cities. It's like a demolition with a weapon. The Tartar civilization was primarily a civilization where electricity was used free of charge. That's talking about like Tesla. But after the First World War, it left its place to the oil age. There are the trams without antenna, which have video footage on YouTube. There are many resources, especially in Russian and English, and on YouTube and Instagram. Incredibly, and subways were built in the 1940s, etc. Whereas researchers who talk about the Tartar civilization maintain that they actually existed before and they were only discovered later. In other words, those tunnels were actually built in the time of the Tartar civilization, but were later hidden after the reset, some researchers say. As a matter of fact, when we see these engineering marvels, these tunnels will require a very simple workmanship for those who build them. For Siberia, we're taught that the population there is low due to the climate. However, with the exception of a few cities, the climate is not colder than Northern Europe or Canada in the winter. So what happened? The people here disappeared suddenly. If we say immigration due to the climate, it would be enough for a few hundred kilometers to the south instead of going west on horseback for five or 6,000 kilometers for a slightly warmer weather. Unfortunately, the history taught to us is full of contradictions. Tartar civilization is a very interesting topic, one that will make you forget everything you know. And I kind of think that that's where we're at. You know, we question a lot of things, what's happening, you know, like we just see a lot of things don't add up. <clears throat> and you think about, you know, all these buildings that they had um, and, and they got knocked down. But then you see all these um, towers, you know, and it says the story goes that Nikola Tesla had discovered the technology to connect the aether and provide unlimited power to everyone anywhere at any time you could travel by boat or by plane for free by simply accessing nature's magnetical energy that is omnipresent and we have not been allowed this free energy due to all of our capitalistic capitalizing system of greed and domination by those in power even to this day so for over a hundred years we've been denied a benevolent system of free energy to all Mr. Tesla was a frontman to hide the Tartarian free energy devices that you'll see detailed um, in this book that I've got, the One World Tartarian. So, you know, this, these resets, I feel like we, we hear about all these different resets and um, it's just how many times have they done this, you know, and ironically, like they said in that episode that I was reading, um, libraries were destroyed all the evidence, all the books, you know, um, and Matt and I, we were talking about that earlier. You know, we, we think back to like early history, right? We know a lot of things supposedly about the Egyptians, but why don't we know much of the Western history? Oh. I mean, you say detailed records. Well, yeah, I think every civilization had detailed records, but I think they've always been destroyed. But like what kind of, transcribing was done you know a lot of things are passed down word of mouth and, and like if you go to some if you go to some of these um these tribal systems like down in like south america where they still live along the, the river and they don't 
electricity and stuff like that. They, they're just tribes that hunt and gather. That's it, you know. And they they don't record anything. They don't write anything. How down. do you know that? They literally the way the, what the guys that walk with them. There's no. They don't have any documentation. The, their engagement as far as what have they done, everything they 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 know has literally been passed down generation to generation through the word of mouth. So well, we talked about that too, like with the Alaskan natives, right? That, you know, their stuff probably passed down word of mouth, like it's taught. You know. Right. Well, they say that they had used the sun and, you know, we talked about time, like the Gregorian calendar, like what is a year? What constitutes a year? You know, the 365 days and, you know, things like that. But again, it's one trip around the sun. And we talked about the different seasons and, you know, um, but really, we don't really know the truth. No, I mean, but like traveling a different, a couple handful of different places and stuff, you can, you can easily see like, it's easy for me and you to sit there and say, okay, write something down, right? Because we've been, you know, introduced schooling, we know how to read, write, uh, mathematics, all that good jazz. But if you go to, to another country where, uh, you know, nothing's taught, you know, they're, they're, if anything's taught, it's, you know, how to communicate, but maybe communication is just When verbal. you say taught, what do you, I mean, we're all being taught. We're all being taught, but like, we're looking at like you mean a school, like, like a, a school, school environment, system? like a school environment. We're trying to break away from that but because everything about, they're time yourself for getting all worked up over nothing. What I'm saying is that we've been formally taught, you know, how to write and read. That's a, that's a skill that not everybody in the world carries. Okay, it's just like writing. Writing is not a skill everybody carries. Like even writing in a formal language. I mean, some places in Asia and Africa, the 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 writing levels were like below ten. Like 50% people can write in certain places. Yeah. Okay, maybe in certain places. places. But you make it thing. sound like these countries are just dumb. And no, even in here in the United States, I mean, the reading, I mean, hell, there's people, a majority of people I've ran into in certain instances can't read in certain. Well, yeah, if you go into smaller, little bitty towns, like look at the Amish, just because they may not do things well, like that you, we do doesn't well, mean that they don't write things down or, or have a history of I'm not saying they don't write things down, but like maybe it's not a sufficient instance. Or I mean, back in the day, they used to, they didn't write anything down. They did cave drawings or. Well, that's um, what we're told. How do we know they didn't have a written system? Or like, maybe they had a written system and it's not legit. Or maybe it was, it was just destroyed or it's or, hidden you know, I mean, from we're, us. Like, we're Ch- Chinese the history a lot of the empires have been historically wiped off and that was like a thing whenever emperors would come in they would completely wipe out the other emperors like, oh yeah like we if, talked about the maps you know that there there were maps and then they would you know go search the, these kings and queens they would hire these people to go get these maps and they'd come they'd back completely erase and know. it's gone it's gone you know and i think that's kind of what happened with civilization i used to think once upon a time that you know oh yeah there was cavemen and things like that but now that I'm starting to see the world for what it truly is and how evil things are, I I believe that, you know, centuries before us were a lot smarter than we are today. And if that means they were smarter, then chances are they probably had a more sophisticated form of preserving their history. You know, whether it be photographs, like we call them today, or, you know, written or oral. I mean, we don't know. Because I feel like everything that we know has just been erased from history. We're not being taught the truth. And that, I think that's why the Rockefellers set up the school system, because they're 
literally dumbing us down. They don't want us to know the truth. You know, I really, like, you think about this, like, you talk about this free technology that they had, right, with these buildings. Um, it, I mean, they were ahead of us as far as power and technology goes, and it was for free. You know, what else are they hiding from us? That's what I'm saying. I don't think that um, these other countries didn't have history written down. I don't believe that for a second. Well, that's not saying that they don't have history, but, like, Maybe it's not as intensive as something like of, of the Romans, the the way, or maybe we just ingested the Romans at a you know right a point in time. Maybe the world just in, in, ingested Rome, per se. Well, look at here. It says history tells us that the first power stations were first established in Cairo, Egypt, in eight seventy six, according to Wikipedia. It's the largest and oldest in Egypt in original form. All Tartaria power stations, small and large, had pipe organs to harmonize and heal the population through sound waves, what is now known as cymatics. The churches and cathedrals we see throughout the world all share similar design patterns that were designed with sacred acoustic geometry to maximize vibration, tone, and resonance to heal and help download higher consciousness. After the great purge of the Tartarians, the religious orders spearheaded by the Romanovs um, what is this? reconstituted these amazing structures into Presbyterian, Catholic, Anglican, Mormon synagogues, mosques, temples, etc. So they turned these these power stations into churches and temples and things like that to to distract us from the fact that these were energy towers, you know. And then they said that they even added in. Um, you know, different types of, you know, say like the, a Catholic church, they added in the crosses and, and, you know, gargoyles and things like that to make it look like this is what it was used for when in all actuality, they were actually to bring in the free energy that God gave us. I know some of those structures in Russia look wicked. Gnarly. Right. That's what I'm saying. And so why were these so tall? Why were they so high? You know, and then, um, it's just a lot. I mean, the, the whole the whole Egypt, not, not to take away from this, but the whole Egypt thing is still a mystery in, in general. I mean, because the Great Pyramid is, is what everybody's taught was based off of a theory. You know, there's no sort of people that actually do that line of work are like, there, there's no reason to say that it's just like a Ferris tomb. There's no inclination. I mean, hell, in, if you look in the 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 text of, of the Egyptians at that time, there's no mention of stone cutting at all in any of their scriptures at all. There's no like, you know, hey, here's man, here's an Egyptian cutting a stone, any of that stuff. Right, so everything is speculation. Yeah, well, I mean, wouldn't you think like if you created something that has over, I think, was it 18,000 or some atrocious number of bricks that mm -hmm. it has in, in the Great Pyramid, you would mention that somewhere, like you know, your history, and you're telling everybody how great you are. Like, hey, we did this. You know, we can, you know, we can carve stone or something, you know, symbolic. Like well, that. yeah, I mean, we can look in our own history books and learn, you know, like how things were done. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, obviously, they didn't put. That, why would they not put that yeah. in there? You know, was, unless it was erased. I was reading. I forgot where it was. Like a brick can. How much electricity a brick can hold? Did you ever know that? No. Like it can be charged with like ten thousand, so it can hold like a massive charge. So why would you build this huge 
brick something. If everything's running off electricity, wouldn't it be nuts? Like you could draw in electricity into the bricks and it'd maintain a charge like a a walking battery at that point in time. Literally, this big, huge, giant reactor and you can power an entire city with it. Free energy. And why do you think they want to block out the sun? Because that's another source of energy. Now we have solar, you know, and look at here in Illinois. We've talked about this though, like we, we went with the whole solar thing, like somewhere like where like where you're getting a lot of sun, like Florida, mm. like that, where you have more sunshine days than you have anywhere else. It makes sense, right? But here we have like this is the land of vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like <laughs> there's hardly any other states that out there, Illinois, right? Or uh, vitamin D deficiency. But they were one of the biggest proponents of hey, go solar and we'll give you all these uh. Give you all these rebates, you know, right. you're like you get tax rebates, tax rebates, mm-hmm. and then like years down the line, here's uh, what's who has it now? Madigan, here's Madigan getting getting a boot by the FBI about ComEd deals, and yeah, shysty stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they do, it's all set up to you know, just completely um, like be against us, the people. It says the NWO rewrote history during the revision of history during the epic reset between the mid-1800s and the 1930s when Court Hofjugan David Rockefeller, along with the Rothschilds, Redshield, began the many stories of the Big Bang evolution and the history of religious myth and lore. You know, and it's saying right here, Russian scholar Antony Fomenko wrote a most important series of a seven-volume book series called History, science of fiction, where he proves that modern written history dates only back to 1200 AD. This dovetails with the creation of the trilateral New World Order, founding of the Vatican, City of London, and Washington, D.C. Speaking of the Vatican, you see the Pope came out and he, damn, because everybody kept saying he was dead. And I'm like, hey, you've been dead for years. You're Catholic. He's like, I'm not dead. Yeah. Well, just like the Fetterman, he's not dead, right? Um, and it says here he's that DC good. was originally called Rome in 1669, which is stated in a Catholic encyclopedia. What's that movie that Bruce Willis was in? Um, where he was at? Uh, the Fifth know. Element. Remember Fifth Element? Yeah. That movie. Every time I see Fetterman, you know the, the little squishy like the aliens oh, they gosh. had on the ship yes. with the big. Leave that man alone. I don't even think he's alive. Oh, man. You know, I forgot how many roll tiles did he miss? 114, 118? Like 58 out of something. Like well, roll calls. Like, you can have multiple roll calls throughout you know, a day. So you can have like three or four in a day. I think he said he missed like 118 different. So 118 <coughs> different chances he had to speak on you know, or, or provide an opinion that he completely missed. Well, that's like our president, suppose our supposed president. He's talking president. about ice cream, bro. Whenever they're talking, oh, <laughs> there's somebody shooting up schools in Tennessee, and this man's still stuck on ice cream. And he's talking about the LGBTQ sl- stuff. It's a slow and like protect our trans. Yeah, Come on, man. really, literally. Yeah, I don't know. Um. All right, Rotarian. Anyway, you need to focus here. I'm trying place. to educate people, and you're talking about Fifth Element. Okay, so it says the Akhenashi Jewish people were conscripted by the Vatican to be allowed to make 
the, all the money and all the fame as long as the Vatican Jesuits and the 13 satanic bloodlines would be provided with information and power. The Vatican set up confessionals for the same purpose and runs a worldwide spy book agency called The Entity, which owns and controls all major spy agencies, including the CIA, NSA, MI6, Mossad, etc. This is all part of their One World Order, stated in Latin, on back of U.S. dollar bills. Um, and it says, and did the once great Tartarians enjoy a common language, as the Tower of Babylon suggests? Britain had over 44 dialects alone. So now we do the language in our languages, created by the NWO and the Phoenicians, so that our definitions are to deaf Phoenicians and you Babylon and on with the varying dialects, idioms, and Roman Latin etymologies. It's like you go back to like languages and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just um, just think about how many times like you, you know Spanish and you know some other words. Mm-hmm. Think about how many times or you try to translate a word into another language right. and there's nothing that fits. No, there's just no word to describe it. It's the same thing with the Bible and with so Latin. So think about like how many languages like so the whole premise of whenever you're you're getting somebody in who can talk, speak the language to you, your mm. translator. Imagine how many languages you know there's been no translator for that. Right. And then whenever they try to depict you know uh, the language, they try to use common languages that are in the area. But what if they didn't draw from that language? What if they had uh, the older language and it's been passed down and something that you have not attributed? Because a lot of you know, Latin's contributed because one of the older languages. So they always try to derive you know Latin words and all that kind of stuff. But like, and why what? Latin? Ooh, they the say oldest, it's one of the oldest, oldest languages, languages, right? It's not, it's but, not that it's the oldest language, but it's one of the most widely used languages. Right, well, like think, English. English will be the next I Latin. I that was because of the Indian trade was going No, I think it's all because of the NWO. Like, they, I think, okay, so think about it. Other countries, like Olivia, she's got a friend that used to live down the block from us. Um, her family's from Serbia. She speaks that. Yes, yeah, she speaks a lot of languages, and this girl's like eleven. Um, anyway, so she they moved back to Serbia, and over there, like they're learning all these different languages. She's learning, I think, French right now. So she knew English, and she knew what is it? Serbian. Serbian. Um, uh, and then she knew uh, Portuguese because she was telling me that one day over there, and she started talking to her dad, and her dad started talking back to her in English. In Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, she knew Italian. Uh, Spanish, um, and she was fluent in like uh, like an Arabic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what it was. It wasn't like Farsi or anything like that, but uh, so it's Swahili. Like you know, like, <laughs> she had like some a lot of languages down. She's like naming them off, and there's a couple other like there was a you know, um, you know like there's Russian in there, and then there's a couple other ones uh, languages that she spoke. Uh, from from the Eastern European nations. Well, yeah. So they're teaching all these Checking kids. Yeah. So you know, being part of the one world order here, you know, they they want everybody to know our language. You know, everybody learn English. They learn English, and you know, like all these foreign countries. Well, this European. Is you separate. You saying we're like the one world order. I say that we are. We are already established. That's what I'm saying. We are the one world order. But we're trying to bring everybody else into it, is what I'm saying. Oh, That's why we're I trying to force the trying hand. To, I think we have. I think no, that, no, that I think it's about to fall. No, it's all coming down because not everybody wanted to be a part of it. Like Russia, they wanted Russia and China to be a part of it, and they said, no, we're not doing it. 
in oh. South Korea or North Korea, they're not going to bend the knee. That that's the problem, and that's why we're going to get pulled into this war. That's why they're after Russia and China. That's what I'm saying. And according to this, the Tartarians, where were they? Oh, that was where Tartarians. Was it Chasino? Was the Chinese region, and then you had Tartarian Moscow was in the natural leader places. So in in, uh, in, in what's normal education? What's normal education? Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. When school school taught, uh, whenever you go to school, we'll teach the Tartarian was a uh, or Tartary, whatever it was. It was a common uh, term used in, in mapping. They kind of say this is all one big region right here, uh, but I don't know. It's isn't that kind of weird? You know, just kind of like a map that's. Because there's a uh, a book, it was a adventure to Tartaria, Tartaria, I want to say it was, it was okay. a thing, but it was published in sixteen the sixteen hundreds, and they were trying to say that it was uh, it was fake, because it or it was it was a fiction placed in because it was placed in business and travel when it was written. Well, yeah, everything that they don't want people to know, they they you know, deem it a conspiracy or it's fake or, you know, whatever. But that's what I'm saying. There's so much history that's been lost. And like they're saying here, like in, in California, in the United States, there's earthquakes and fires where everything is destroyed. So you can't go back. Um, and, you know. Yeah, I always, I, I used to always joke and I'm like, there's, you know, when, when California falls off the face of the earth, you know, they always say, well, it's going to break right off into the ocean. I'm like, no, yeah, I remember hearing that when I was little. And I'm like, no, nope, maybe it's just going to get flatter. So listen, okay, so um, it says here, digitalization, the modern day burning of Alexandria. Those who are truthers have understood that the NWO has had the ability to alter images or Photoshop for decades and decades. A prime example being the obvious Photoshopped images of Earth from space. Google's secret effort to scan every book in the world, codenamed Project Ocean. We have to look that up, Project Ocean. Back in 2004, Google decided to digitalize every single book they could find and then replace hardcover books with online books on Kindle, as in kindling, a fire, a.k.a. book burning. Thusly, they could effectively alter and control any digitalized books and images to portray the story the NWO wished to tell or sell us. By 2004, Google had started scanning, and just over a decade after making deals with Michigan, Harvard, Stanford, Oxford, and the New York Public Library and dozens of other library systems, the company had scanned about 25 million books. It cost them an estimated $400 million. It was the first project that Google ever called a moonshot. What made the system so efficient is that it left so much um, of the work to software. Rather than make sure that each page was aligned perfectly and flattened before taking a photo, which was a major source of delays in traditional book scanning systems, cruder images of curved pages were fed to de-warping algorithms, which used the LIDAR data along with some clever mathematics to artificially bend the text back into straight lines. Effectively now, the most get their news and information 
on history from online, the official narrative is only held in cyberspace, and if, when the internet no longer becomes viable, those that own books and oral narratives will be the only ones to provide an alternative history of our not-so-distant past. And it says, on a side note, please keep in the forefront of your minds that Eric Schmidt is the former CEO of Google and is now employed by the CIA and NSA. Yeah, and I've got that on my phone. So I, I can scan a book that I have, um, like, because I've been sharing the sourdough recipe. So I scan my book, and if the book is folded, I can do this thing on my phone where it will make it straight. Yeah. It will completely adjust everything. And so think about that. They did this in 2004. Like, what, what that we know, like, what is real? I mean, think about it. When the internet, when was the internet really, did it start becoming a real thing? 1950-ish, about that. It was a means of uh, communication. <laughs> and effective communication. So when you talk about Nikola Tesla, like, one of the things that physicists argue about is that he had a lot of great theories, but, like, and a lot of great proven like he even has like a couple of uh, references in, in physics directed towards him so he's mm -hmm. respected in that in that space but like how we're talking about like power and stuff so the the means of electronics we have now you could not introduce his means right because these things are built to take energy in massive amounts of it mm -hmm. and it's based off of the, the means of like hey that's it's a handshake capitalistics if this was running on you know 10 cents you know it, it would cost us nothing. Right. These are energy hogs. The handshake. Of course. So his mindset was more so like, okay, if you're going to electrocharge the air or draw energy out of the air, like out of the dome and stuff, and charge stuff, it would be on like a low frequency. You know, like uh, how they use radio waves. That's one of the, the, one of the most frequent things that they use uh, in space and round waves, really, what he talked about. The other stuff, they transfer the energy now, like a power lines. That's one right. of the most common things they use. Because that's a safe means of travel. Because we know that electricity, high volumes amount of electricity, will stop your heart. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's floating around everywhere. In short instances, it's it's great because it works magic. I mean, pardon me, you know, electro uh, uh, what is it? Uh, electro gardening, I think it was like electro circling. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the coil. The yeah, so like how it, how it re energizes the, the actual the, the soil. Like the, right. The soil dies because the nitrogen gets taken out. The coil you know, draws in uh, nitrogen back into it and releases it back in the soil uh, to, you know, using copper, which is crazy. I mean, it, you know, it brings life back to it naturally. Um, about or, you know, through natural means, what we consider natural means. But I mean, but having that, you know, that amount of energy. So maybe like the inventions we have now would be in a different space. Does what that make mean? sense? No. What do you mean a different space? So like you know, all the electronics we have now are set to be, or engineered to be uh, a certain, you know, a certain build and use a certain electronic components, right? Mm. So if you remove that from the fold and you say, okay, well, you're going to charge it, you're going to have to have, the technology is going to have to be more absorbent or, um, I guess, in this frightening term, is like more organic. You know, it's going to have to be inefficiencies at that point in time. Is that flying over, over this part of the No, head? no, I get it. I mean, 
<clears throat> but like you seem like if you utilize looking at Tesla in that in that sense, the world and the electronics that we have now do not exist. They might be better. I'm not saying they're they're going to be worse. But how do we know they didn't exist? No, I'm not saying they didn't exist. But I'm saying like the the to use his theory of passing energy in that instance, this right here does not exist. <coughs> it exists a different build, maybe the same functionality. Not this exact one is what yes. you're saying. Okay, I understand. I get that. But it could have been a million times better. It, exactly. But we'll never know. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it says here, the architecture to extract energy. The world architecture for electromagnetic energy extraction derives entirely from the high civilization Tartar Aryan. It is characterized by the use of arch openings, columns, domes, and towers. In addition to details, such as rose windows, uh, symbols of the vibration of electromagnetic energy, which acts on the molecules and changes the behavior of cells. Formerly, these waves could act in healing, levitation, and transport, besides provoking feelings like harmony and euphoria. This energy can now be used in another way. The architecture of Tartaria undergoes slight modifications and influences according to the local characteristics of climate, culture, and material resources. It maintains the basic principles throughout the world. It says you'll find that pyramids, theaters, and coliseums all had water channels running under them directly where the sound energy was directed. The star forts seem to have been designed to create microdomes that protected the inhabitants and resonate harmony. This was detailed in Tesla's three-dimensional shell and it's created by interfering two Fourier expansion three-dimensional scalar hemispherical patterns in space. So they pair a couple into a dome-like shell of intense ordinary electromagnetic energy. The air molecules and atoms in the shells are totally ionized and thus highly excited, giving off intense glowing light. Anything physical which hits the shell receives an enormous discharge of electrical energy and is instantly vaporized. It goes poof, like a bug hitting one of the electrical bug killers. So much in vogue. So like you were saying, too much energy we've learned. How did we learn that? Like, where did that come from? Like, how do people know that you could charge it? Like, if you, your heart stops, you could charge your heart. Trial and error. People don't want to think but, about that. But, but who would have thought to do that to charge your heart? That had to have come from somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, it's like they mentioned, like there's sound channels underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the, the most obvious, the Great Pyramid outside of Cairo, and that that whole ordeal was like all those bricks are perfectly aligned to get that, mm-hmm. but that wasn't that's not the previous building, right? When you talk about the original, it was completely covered white from limestone. It had some kind of you know metal topping, whether it was gold or copper or whatever right. it was. And it was a good, and it, like when they start talking about the schematics, I mean, it has a two hundred foot steep. Like you can't walk in it without help and assistance that they have nowadays. Right? They have like little steps that you can use to go up this the, the staircase, or this you know this. I guess it would be in essence like a slide. But you navigate through all that stuff, all the, the structures, and you get through all of that engineering marvel. Uh, and then you go below it, and it actually has like a tunneling system that goes right that actually is there. Like, you know, they do like a I think it was like in the 1980s, there was like a little capture, like, hey, look at me. There's tunnels, and there's one tunnel that they nobody had explored yet, they had walled off. Mm-hmm. But if you go down further, you know, in one of these tunnels, it actually leads to another, like another uh, repository 
when you go down further, and at the basin of it is this big, huge cave that has water. It's kind of like you're talking about electricity. Yeah. And... Well, it says underground tunnels, magnificent communicating vessels with platforms and palaces interconnected all the cities around the world, running in disruption. Through them were billions of people, luggage, objects, correspondence. On the surface, well-planned cities, magnificent buildings, huge parks, power plants, music, culture, art. And the sky, immense airships for those who prefer to observe the world from a bird's point of view. In an inaccessible world, forever lost, whose traces could only be found in yellowed photographs. In the contemplation of buildings whose architecture seems incomprehensible by today's standards of understanding modern civilization. Great Tartaria had no colonies. It was a one-world civilization, united in common understanding and speaking the same language. Um, a one-world civilization without frontiers, with independent nations ruled by qualified princes, elected by a local council of wise men, but counseled by women. Imagine that. That's probably why they ended it, because it was counseled by the women, and we got it right. Yeah, I was getting ready to say so. <laughs> the argument came out. Yeah, you better I'm watch it. with these. Yeah, you know, I mean, really think about this stuff. Like, we see... But, like, what was that place in Mexico? Like, um, Which place? No, they have the the big uh, the pyramids they have there, like the, the Mayan the in Mayan, South America. Yeah, South America. Oh, they in Mexico. There's one in Mexico. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. can't think the of the acoustics that they have on those things, right? There's the one of the coolest things is that you can be at the very top of it, and you can talk in your regular voice, and somebody at the very bottom basin can hear you, but you're standing right next to them. Right. Just think about that. Just think about. If you thought about that, like you had, you would have to build it. Right. And then be like, okay, I'm talking. Can you hear me? Like you, you have to build it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So we, we were taught to think that civilizations before us were dumb, that they didn't have, you know, like running water, this and that, you know, they were just living like barbaric lives. That's literally what we're taught to think. But yet we see all of this stuff. Like, how could they have, if they were so dumb, how could they have the knowledge to do something like that? I think we are the dumb ones. I think, wait, when we, we compare We've been dumbed I, down. I think when we compare intellect, right, or at least they would compare intellect, I mean, say like the 1800s, they would compare intellect to the ability and knowledge of everything that you were able to encompass. So if when you're talking, we're talking about present day, it, People might base it off of like, well, we know history. Like, we, we know all this different history of, of all these dispatch different places. And then somewhere in some other location, might not know. They just might know, like, you know, Fred Flintstone uh, and Barney Rubble. That's, right. all, that's all they know. Well, you see, that's we're taught from a young age that that's but how people like, lived, right? Yeah, but, 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 like, how much of when you're talking about intelligence, is it a, a specific perspective, right? Like, that's somebody's perspective. And you're not, like, that's one thing. No, but we're literally. When I started going to to school, right, I hated the textbooks because they were very mundane and they were boring. So I would go to different textbooks, right, and I would compare the teachings, as long as the teachings were along the line, and get different people's assimilated views. And that's good. Right, because then I'm building my own picture based off of all their opinions and I'm assimilating my own stuff. And then I go in and I look at the actual data set as, as it's taught and then start applying some versions of logic to it 
and I come to some kind of reasoning there, right? So then I started doing like when I started doing that, then I started comparing our history to other people's like being on the outside looking in. What are mm-hmm. you being taught? What's somebody in China being taught about American history? Right. Because we're getting taught it because that that's a sign of intelligence at that point in time is knowing everybody else's history. Mm-hmm. Because then you can speak on certain certain stuff, or is there something might you might be able to garnish from history? I mean, that's one of the biggest right. perspectives of history is learning from the past, uh, so you can make informed decisions going forward, uh, forward in the future. But how much of that is molded, and how much of that is based on the perspective? I mean, if you asked fifth grade year old me, I would have told you that hey, the pilgrims were good, the Indians were just meanie heads, right? Because but, that's what you're being taught. But when you become older, and then the the blanket of comfort is removed off of you, mm-hmm. and you get to actually look at an unbiased opinion of you know what happens, you know, from multiple different viewpoints. You see, okay, well, to in order to uh, get more access to the land, you're trying to kill off a population, so you give them right here. We're going to take your land, smallpox, and we'll you give know? you a, a turkey. Happy Thanksgiving. Like, or right, or that's... learning about like Christopher Columbus, like using his knowledge of astrology to trick people out of their food. Like when right. he was trying to travel back, he's like, he knew there was a blood moon coming. Give me your stuff, and you would have never known that if that wasn't somebody's opinion. There was a there was a priest a priest who who talked about it because he said you know the simplicity of of these these creatures. He didn't even refer to them as like people. These right. creatures, uh, uh, they're so easily deceived. You know, you know, we can garner, we can take whatever, pretty much whatever we wanted off of it, and then Christopher Columbus pretty much proved that. Proved that. That's like a, that's a weird thing to sit there and say when you get older. It's like they're, you know, looking back at like the old Charlie Brown, <laughs> like in understanding some, <laughs> some of the jokes and references that were right. going on. Yeah, you didn't time. catch them when you're little. And then you're like, oh damn, that hit me. Like that's a different type of uh, feeling and emotion I'm getting from that. Yeah, it's you know going back to like the pyramids and things like that so you know you and i have talked about this plenty of times even if it was slaves that made i mean how did they create that right so it says well it's like the precision well it says we're told and sold that the horse and buggy were the primary vehicles to haul the stones and bricks from quarries and build incredible edifices seen in the book and construction of towers is told us 47 stories were erected without any found engineering design plans and had statues lightning and elegant detail by common workers who, right. in many cases in the West, had just arrived in those cities. Yeah, well, like it makes no sense, right? So, like, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier today with like the Egyptians, like how like the earlier civilizations mentioned, like I think the Kremlins or uh, Kermits, like the previous civilization that was prior to the Egyptians. You know, the people from the old, you know, the old, you know, the old world. I think is what it. Yeah, well, this is the whole world. But like, just think about like, if you're you're an Egyptian, like how well, you know a lot of people have theorized like they inherited those you know the this the Sphinx. It wasn't really a Sphinx at that point in time. It was like you know that was one of the things that was altered. Right. Uh, but like it was like a lion's head. You know, engineering the way it was, the shoulders, everything proportionate. You know, there's no other references to man being you know a, a pharaoh's head, and then. The, the Great Pyramid, it makes no sense. I mean, that's based off of a theory that somebody said, okay, well, this is the best thing I got and we can make it work. And that's what I was taught in schools. Right. Like, you would think, like, you, you know, King Tut, I mean, for all I knew, King Tut was buried in the Great Pyramid. <laughs> well, look at what they're doing in our schools today, right? They're teaching these children, I just saw a video, um, 
and she's like a preschool teacher and they're teaching these two-year-old children as early as two years old now that there's all these different genders and things like that so we literally we are watching them alter science and history and everything else in front of our very eyes you know so that it, it just goes to show that they have altered many other things prior you know they're they're telling children now that there are more than two genders when clearly you're either born with an a part or a b part there is no you know whatever but um i think what what what's one of the things that when, when i was looking at this is like like what's changed right it it's not that people like that didn't exist prior right even you can look at mash and see that people were dressed didn't do was dressing up in well, in, in the Bible. It's right there in the Bible. Look it, at Southern so it's, not, it's not something new. No, it's not. But, like, like how did it start affecting people? And why did it start transcending down to, like, like children, right? Well, look at Moloch. Like, it's a he-she. Like, that is the, the idolatry of transgenderism. I can't figure out. <laughs> okay? I mean, really. But, like, like, like sitting there thinking about, like, that with the introduction of the internet, those those ideas that when we we talked about this, I said it was different. Like when we were, we were different whenever we were we were growing up, right? Our communication was limited to just me and you, or me and somebody that whose phone number I knew. And you remember playing telephone with the cans? Yeah, like like, like you like but like your <laughs> friends were like within a limited instance, uh-huh. and your exposure to her to a certain instance was. What like to you like when you talk about it, you're like well I was wide open but like in in essence you were still you were still restricted because your pool of people were just in your immediate grasp. Well, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. I had but a lot still. of people around me. But like you had a like you grew you up in, you didn't. no no but you grew up in a large city right right and you had a lot of people but how many people did you have in contact at that point in time right. Probably more than you did. A lot more than I did. So it, it, it sculpted the way your interactions right. with people a hell of a lot more than my uh, what I did. Right. Your exposure, you, like the the instance that you might have been exposed to, uh, like uh, a heroin addict or something like that, was a lot greater because that instant the, the the environment you were in. So your exposure was greater. You had a lot of more risk and stuff like that. But think about the introduction of the internet. You're connected everybody. So your right. your little bubble went from here. And hey, you might have lived in a city, and it was you know it's a big bubble, and your experiences vary. But now you open it up to like everywhere, every function, like some some child like our like kids nowadays are infatuated with like anime, like another whole different culture right, from Japan, like Japan. Just think about how wild that is, like mm-hmm. a whole. A, well, a I remember whole, I had friends who were into into anime, Japan animation, and you know, like with like Dragon Ball Z was like a thing, like yeah. That's but, what I'm saying. So but, it's not like we weren't introduced to but that. But how many, like, I mean, talking about, like, it transcended, like, ethnic cultures and stuff like Even that. Even video games. Yeah. Like, look at, you know, playing, like, Street Fighter and different things. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that we didn't know that it's culture. It's not that we didn't know that culture, but your exposure was limited to, okay, you're, you're playing, you're watching Dragon Ball Z. It's not in Japanese or Chinese or Japanese or original language. It's dubbed in English. Yeah, but how many kung fu movies did you watch dubbed? I can tell you, I have to see but like, but your your still your your exposure was limited. Okay, I get what you're saying. Now it's there's no limitations. Like there's no definitive instance, and everything is a, a transfixed reality. I mean, that's the way that the the generation looks at it. You know, up is down, down is up. There's yeah, no right or wrong. Yeah, but look at the things that they're watching. Look at TikTok. Okay, well, it's, it's not. Why, with... They're not watching stuff. They're they're looking. At, it's a popularity contest. 
this. They're trying to. That's what I'm saying. It's not like they're learning. And so so your popularity, like your bubble in high school went from high school, went from high school to now everywhere. You you go to TikTok, you're you're exposed to everybody. Everybody is on the app. Right. So three point, I think it's like three or four, four billion people. Think about that. You know, if you base it off of what they, they say is like eight billion people in the world, so half the world is judging you and viewing you at that time. Well, like song scripture in my thoughts says, the internet's so demonic, but at least we can use it for God's glory and spread the gospel. Amen. Like we can use it for good, and that's what we try to do, like with the Bards Nation. You know, we're always spreading that. But then look at all the filth that's also on there that our children are exposed but see, that, to. This is my, my argument, right? I say the internet is not a good thing, right? I say man. Thing without and man. bringing their filth with them, but, and that's the same thing. With, but you can yeah, what about the dark web? You're gonna tell me that's not well. The dark web is is like so the certain uh, <laughs> so the 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 top part that you see is what you search in the index. That's the filter stuff. That's the e-commerce. The majority of it's e-commerce. Why would you want to share any of that? Is what I'm saying. But like the dark web does not mean uh or the deep web. The deep web, like you got to separate. So the dark web is like you 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 have. Uh, I know tip. what's on there, but the deep web is like we're talking about the dark web. So like, the, but the dark web is not like not all bad. Like they sell prescription drugs on there, stuff that's okay, not I, really It's like the black market. I understand that, but what I'm saying is the things that you find in the dark web, you're not going to just find on Google. Okay, so what I'm saying is, it's a bad place. Like it truly. But the internet is. didn't put it up there, though. No, but the internet allows you to do it. Oh. You it's mean, a tool, just like a gun could be a tool. Exactly. You have to always right. refer to it as a tool because the day you don't refer to it as a tool, then the, the argument for gun ownership would totally go out the door because then the gun grows legs and the gun is going on a mass right. shooting spree right. at that point in time. Well, exactly. Yeah, I think um, it sure beats the old <laughs> card catalog days. <laughs> I'm sure the AI push is. You know, we were talking with the kids the other day. They were like, oh my God, it took, it took a, a, a week to get a package. And I'm like, we used to order stuff, and like you, yes. it would take a week for your payment to get. Right. <laughs> if you were lucky, you had to mail the payment in, in, and then, then you had it... to wait for it to be processed. Right. Then you had to wait four to six weeks mm-hmm. afterwards to get yeah. maybe get something. You'd be waiting a month. You forget all about that. You ordered something, and then it comes, and you're like, "Ooh, it's like Christmas." Cause you for, you good. completely forgot it. <laughs> you're looking around to make sure the name was right. Is this mine? Did I order this? It's like now, where oh. everything's like, like then and there, but like. In some places, it's not like that. I mean, right. Well, of course not. You know, um, and it talks about here the communications telegraph and the telephone systems. It says, think of all the telegraph poles and then the telephone poles that had to be strung throughout cities and countries. Yet you'll repeatedly see in the cities of Tartary <clears throat> that many communication poles were wireless and installed everywhere as early as the 1850s. Only in 1851 did railways start to use telegraphy. Prior to that, the telegraph wires strung along the tracks were seen as a nuisance, occasionally sagging and causing accidents and even fatalities. First commercial telegraph line completed. The magnetic telegraph company's lines ran from New York to Washington in 1846. Think about that. Okay, so we talk about technology and things like that. So they had that technology in 1846, right? And then it says the final phase of the telegraph's Integration occurred between 1857 and 1866. In this period, the members consolidated into a national monopoly. Yeah, yeah. 
1864, only Western Union and the American Telegraph Company remained of the six nations. The United States Telegraph Company entered the field by consolidating smaller, independent firms in the early 1860s and operated in the territory of both the American Telegraph Company and Western Union. By 1866, Western Union absorbed its last two competitors and reached its position of market dominance. The period from 1866 through the turn of the century was the apex of Western Union's power. Yearly messages sent over its lines increased from 5.8 million in 1867 to 63.2 million in 1900. Over that same period, transmission rates fell from an average of $1.09 to 30 cents per message. So it says Western Union's greatest threat came from a new technology, the telephone. Alexander Graham Bell patented the telephone in 1876, initially referring to it as a talking telegraph. The telephone was used in the 1880s only for local calling, but with the development in the 1890s of long lines. The telephone offered increased competition to the telegraph. In 1900, local calls accounted for 97% of the telephone's business, and it was not until the 20th century that the telephone fully displaced the telegraph. As you'll see, the U.S. Mail Service only began in the early 1850s, and the first airmail was transported in 1870 by letters and free balloons, not China's balloons. Carrier balloons. <laughs> the first stagecoaches to deliver mail on a 2,800-mile southern route between Tipton, Missouri, and San Francisco, California, specified a 24-day run, but often taking months. So how did all the hundreds of world expo expositions and fairs communicate to set up and bring millions of people to their events from all around the world? That's a good question. <clears throat> Something tells me that they've always had the technology, you know, and where do they get it? From the Tartarians. My whole argument is that if you believe the timeline as it is, right, and we went thousands of years, and, you know, we had some, uh, we had architectural innovations, right? Right. We built things. And then, you know, indoor plumbing's been a thing since a long time. A long, <laughs> a long time ago. Well, even before the Romans. Uh, maybe not to the extent we have it now, but, like, still, they had running water and, 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 and that such. Just in a bowl. Right. If they can make a pyramid where you can talk from the top and hear somebody at the very bottom even by whispering, you mean to tell me they didn't have enough... So like if we if we, if we that was that was all going on and, and we refined our architectural structures, you know, more refined in different styles, different ways to build things, and then eventually the the next greatest uh, instance a after like the early you know eighteen hundreds nineteen hundreds you know eighteen hundreds was like the the big put in the early nineteen hundreds was like oh electricity boom, and then like electricity was like the thing and then. The, after power, you know, did what it did and became the next greatest thing, the next thing, the next best thing that we have is technology. And it's like, <coughs> and that's when you boil it on technology, all it is is just a reinvention of, of better ways to communicate more efficiently, faster, and at greater speeds and distances. You know, and, and then how are you going to evolve? I mean, are you going to refine communication because you refine living, you know, that, you know, engineering? You refine uh, power, you know, how you get power, different means. You have hydro, you know, wind turbines, mm -hmm. all these different ways to 
do energy and then you know you change the way that you communicate i mean what's next on the stint i mean <laughs> it says the official history who were the tartarians is hiding a major world power which existed as late as the 19th century think about that that wasn't that long ago Tartary was a country with its own flag, its own government, and its own place on the map. Its territory covered most of the modern world we know today, yet somehow it was ever so quietly incorporated into Russia and some other countries. Sometime in the 18th century, Tartary Muscovite was the biggest country in the world, covering over 3,050,000 square miles. It appears to have been one country, then split into areas like Petit Tartary, Eastern Tartary, Russian Tartary, and so on. Um, but, you know, according to the 1979 Webster's Dictionary, there's no such place. <laughs> no, you know, it's like they, they, it says that they were masters of masonry, brickwork, steampunk style technology, universally free energy and grand architecture. You know, I mean, really, you think about it. If, if all the history that we're being taught, oh, you know, there was horse and buggy. I mean, truly, how did they create these? All of these buildings, you know, like that church. In Who's the first person that thought of math? God. God created math. I mean, one plus one, it will always be two. Always. Like, that's one thing that has never changed in this whole world is that, you know, numbers. And we talked about that. We did that one show, the homeschooling show with Jason. And we talked about that. Like, that's the only thing that has ever stayed consistent throughout this whole world. Well, there's no argument. There's, there's no validity to space. You can't argue that more than one or two. It makes no sense. I mean, not saying that. If I have one apple and I give you another apple, how many apples do I have? So I've two, got two. Yeah, two objects. You can, you can call them whatever you want. You can call them apples, pears. I don't know. I just... This book is just so... There's a lot to unpack. There is. And, you know, I've thought this for a long time, and it's like the more I read and the more I research... All I know is from that picture that was previously there that they were definitely about to draw us over here for their stick figure. <laughs> really? And how do we know that's not... How do we know they actually created that? You know, the stick figures and, and things like that. I just... I don't know. I see all of this stuff, and it's like... Like, how do you account for all this? There is no explanation. If they really think that, you know, we're stupid enough to believe that the pyramids were built by slaves, like, I guess we are slaves. But, uh, but that, that's what irritates me when we were talking about earlier. It's like, we had slaves, like, Egyptians, and, and, and you know, enslaved the, 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 the population. Mm -hmm. Damn well, there was more of them. Well, that's like us today. Look at what our our yeah. government is doing to us. There are more of us, and we are well equipped. Well, it's because of, you know they can have one uniform and it's like every second mm -hmm. has been. Everybody out here is not not willing to uh, communicate and be on the same page. Yeah, like DJ Sean said, we have to question everything. Exactly. I don't believe anything that these people have have said. And you know, I go downtown Plainfield, which is a, a city over here I grew up in. And, you know, there's that building right there in the corner in downtown Plainfield. Yeah. And it, it's got that tower on it. And it's got the copper top. And you think about it, you know, like, that's not just a design. Like, that's that's actual, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, and why do they want to tear all that down? You know, like, we talked about, like, Chicago and California. 
um, you know, in the fires and things like that, why did they want to tear that down? Because I feel like you know, how many great resets were there? There was one in the 1800s, one in the 1900s. Now we're going through the one in the 2000s. You know, it's like, it's cyclical. It keeps happening again and again and again. They keep tearing everything down and, and giving more lies. I don't know if they think they're going to get it right this time or, you know, whatever, but um, we can clearly see everything that's going on in this world that Babylon is about to come tumbling down, you know, and how are they going to rewrite this history? That's why me, you know, I'm, I love books. I go to thrift books all the time. I'm always getting packages and um, I always tell the kids there may come a day when, you know, we're not going to have internet and we need this history. Same thing with pictures. I tell, you know, like Matt all the time, like we need to start printing out more pictures, you know, having actual photographs in your hand so that you can pass it on later on because if we don't have the internet or our phones get wiped out or whatever, that's history right there, you know, and that's how we're going to stop them from, from changing history is, is having the proof you see, you know, with your own eye, right? You have to see it. And God gave us these wonderful brains and we are very smart, <clears throat> you know, and I think we're getting close to, to figuring things out and they realize that we're not buying their BS anymore. And so um, <clears throat> if you all ever get the chance, I, I bought this book from Amazon. It, again, it's called The One World Tartarians, The Greatest Civilization Ever to Be Erased from History. Definitely, if it's in stock, get it. There's so much information in there. And they say on the first page, like the very first page um, is basically do your own research. Don't believe everything that you're reading here because it says... Um, Oh, you need to, firstly, please do not believe anything written in this book to be true. Research for yourselves what you find to be truthful or not using your own discernment and judgment. You know, secondly, assume nothing to be true. The ancients had a term called tabula rosa, which means to start anew with a fresh open mind where everything and anything is possible. And I think that's how we have to approach this, you know. Um, unschooling scholars, that's our other show is, you know, we're unlearning all the things that we were taught. And, you know, people will say, well, how can you believe the Bible? It was written by man. Well, I believe that's God's word. It's the living word. I see it happening every day. I see, you know, the signs that are there. And that's where my faith comes in. So, again, use discernment. And, you know, you choose to believe what you want. But I think so many of us, our eyes are open. And we're seeing, um, you know, that... Um, Things are not what they appear to be. You know, there, there's too much to question and so much unanswered, you know? And don't just shove your memorabilia in a drawer for it to be lost or damaged. That's right. That's, you know, I've got all my books on bookshelves and I'm trying to preserve them. I've got books that I found from like the early 1800s, encyclopedias and, and dictionaries and things like that because... Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting for my kids to pass it down to their kids if we're even still here at that time um, to just see how things have changed. You know, it's truly it's important. Like the book 1984. I feel like we're living that, you know, that's that's kind of like their playbook. That That's what we're doing here. So um, anyways, it's already 1115. So. I think I want to go ahead and, and just close us in a word of prayer. So if you would, please just bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, 
we thank you so very much for all the many blessings that you've given us, Lord, for all the people that are joining us live tonight and for those who will listen later on, Lord. Um, I thank you so very much for, for opening all of our eyes and our hearts and our ears. Um, we know that things around us, we're just surrounded by lies, Lord, and that's Satan's, Satan's game. But we know through your son, Jesus Christ, all things are possible. And you sent him here to die for us and for our sins so that someday we could live with you for eternal life. And I thank you so very much for that, Lord, for that gift, for your grace. I know that we um, we have so many unanswered questions, Lord, and I feel that you're just continuing to open many doors for us so that we can be led to the truth, which is through your son, Jesus, Lord. And um, I thank you for the discernment that you've blessed me with. And, and for giving me the eyes to see and the ears to hear, Lord, and to question. Um, I, I just see so much that doesn't make sense, Lord, and I know someday it will. But until then, Lord, let us continue doing your work. Let us do everything through you, through your son. Let us share the gospel. Let us share the word. Let us share that truth because it is the living word, Lord. That's the only the only real um information the only facts that we have is is your word and we have our faith to lead us lord with so much deception around us we know we see it we feel it and we just thank you so very much for for everything that you've given us lord and we know someday you will call us home but until then lord let us continue doing what you sent us here to do and that's continuing to disciple for you and to bring people to you lord to plant those seeds of truth and wisdom and light let us be salt and light in this world of darkness, Lord. Um, just be with us and continue guiding us on this journey, Lord. In your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all so very much for joining us tonight. Um, I feel like we need to do another show on this because this book is just filled with so much information. And again, I don't know how much of it's true. Um, you know, and um I think truly we just all have so many questions. We're all seeing that, wait a minute, something's not right. The things that they tell us and, you know, teaching our kids here at home that um, we can't believe everything that we're being told, you know, just like with the shot. Oh, take it. You'll never get COVID again. And it seems like, oh, we know what happened with that. You know, we can't trust them. So um, we just have to keep leaning into the Lord and trusting that he will truly just continue guiding us and showing us the light in, in the way. So anyways, I hope you all have a great night. Thank you again so very much for joining us. And we will see you for Bards tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Love you. God bless. I'm sorry. But I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but 
we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. For those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Ah!